Good morning, everyone. Thank you to Dr. Jacob for sharing that fascinating presentation on modern pregnancy and intervention. My name is Jeremy Asher, and I'm extremely fortunate to be a board member of this awesome Yeshiva University Medical Ethics Society. It is my great pleasure to introduce our next speaker, Rabbi Professor Michael J. Broyd. Professor Broyd is a professor of law at the Emory University School of Law, where he is also the director of the SJD program and the Berman Projects Director at the Center for the Study of Law and Religion. He has a background in both Jewish law, ethics, and family law. Professor Broyd has held academic positions at many universities such as Stanford, School of Law, and Hebrew University, as well as many others. He has written or edited 13 books and over 250 articles on law and religion. He has served in a variety of rabbinic roles, from pulpit rabbi of the synagogue to the advanced study institutes and director of rabbinical courts. He has his JD from New York University School of Law and receives smicha from Yeshiva University. I would now like to call up Rabbi Professor Broy to share some with us from words of wisdom. There's a handout going around. The purpose of the handout is to allow you to read and not listen. That's what my law students tell me all the time. So if you don't like the lecture, please just read the handout. Uh, many years ago, at the end of a lecture here at YU, somebody came to me and said, I was so much less impressive in person than I was in writing. Um, and undoubtedly, there's a great deal of truth to that. Uh, so please feel free to uh, uh, read along rather than uh, listen. Uh, my topic today is, what does Jewish law think American abortion law ought to be? But before I begin, I want to thank the people who organized the conference, um, Rabbi Dr. Reichman, and to recall for a minute my first academic lecture where I served as a, on a panel with Rabbi Moshe David Tendler on brain death. It was a 90-minute panel. I was enormously honored to speak on a, the panel with him. Um, he spoke for 87 minutes of those 90 minutes on the panel, turned to me and said, do you have anything to add? I said, no. And that was my first academic presentation, but Rabbi Tendler was a wonderful person who convinced our Torah community that medical ethics, halacha, and the practice of medicine generally could be fully harmonized. American abortion law has gone through waves and cycles, and we're in a cycle right now, which is currently the law in the United States permits every state to regulate abortion approximately as it sees fit, at least until the third trimester. If we step back 150 years ago, um, abortion law was purely regulated by state law, and most states prohibited abortion, but not all. Um, in 1960, a movement arose to start considering the right to abortion to be a fundamental right. New York State legalized abortion in 1968. And um, shortly thereafter, the Supreme Court in Roe versus Wade constitutionalized the right to abortion, which it overturned last term, returning abortion um, to the states. We're not sure how much discretion states have to regulate abortion. No state has totally and completely prohibited all abortions, um, and no state um, has totally and completely permitted all abortions either. Everything is hovering around when should abortions be permitted and when should abortions be prohibited, with some, some states permitting 
abortions only for the first six weeks, some states pr permitting abortions only for the first 12 weeks, some states permitting abortions for the first 16 weeks, and states moving on through the first and second trimester. But the question that interests me really is not the question of either Roe or the case that overturned Roe, which is essentially a federalism question. Go to sleep right now. Federalism, for those of you who are not attorneys, is a reference to the question of when should something be regulated by the federal government, when should something be regulated by the states, and when should it be a matter of constitutional law. In truth, to nobody's surprise, federalism is a topic that halachicists hardly care about. Should this be regulated by the states or the federal government? I'm not sure there's a Jewish law answer to that question. Um, the central question is, if we could craft an abortion law for our secular society, what would a halachic abortion law look like? It obviously wouldn't let each of the 50 states make its own decisions. That's not really a process that halacha considers. And I guess the starting point is the question of the uncertain status of abortion according to halacha. It's no secret to tell you that the Rishonim disagreed about the status of abortion, with the Rambam more or less considering abortion murder, as widely understood. Rashi and Tosfis generally considered abortion um, not murder at all, but some lesser therapeutic activity, and maybe even some Rishonim permitted very early abortion for Jews. And the status of abortion for Noahides, for non-Jews, is itself a matter of dispute. Is abortion always murder? Only murder after viability? Or someplace else? Again, halachic authorities dramatically and completely split on this. Rav Aaron Lichtenstein writes explicitly in his testimony to the Israeli Knesset um, that abortion for Noahides is only prohibited after fetal viability. And this was a man who was comfortable reading that into the Rambam. Ravavadya Yosef, certainly no modern accommodationist, certainly no modern accommodationist, um, uh, says without any question or difficulty that abortion is not prohibited for Noahides in the first trimester. And Rav Moshe Feinstein is uncertain if abortion is permitted to non-Jews even prior to implantation. Very early, Rav Moshe thinks maybe abortions are prohibited. And it's no surprise to see that the medieval disputes continue to modern times. Rav Moshe and the Tzitz Eliezer argued in the 20th century about whether abortion was essentially murder, with Rav Moshe saying yes and the Tzitz Eliezer saying no. It continued into the current time and it continues even here where there's no consensus among the Rosh Yeshiva about what abortion is. With, even among the Rosh Kol, there's no consensus, with some thinking it's abortion, with murder, and some thinking it's not. The status of abortion in Halacha is itself a matter of enormous dispute, both for Jews and non-Jews. The only thing we can say with a certain degree of near consensus is Non-therapeutic abortions post-fetal viability are a form of murder for non-Jews. But no state really wants to prohibit post-viability non-therapeutic abortions, um, if you think about it. There are good reasons why nobody would opt for a late non-therapeutic abortion.
There are good reasons to think that every state law will remain comfortably prohibiting non-therapeutic late-term abortions. So the question is, what do we really want from secular law in this situation? When we're thinking about what we want secular law to look like, we really have, when all said and done, three options. We can choose to have a secular legal system that codifies halacha. And then we'll put a great deal of energy into determining what is the halacha. And um, we'll spend a great deal of energy on that. We can seek to codify um, for secular law, no law. Comfortable with that. Or we can seek a strategy of accommodation. One that recognizes that there isn't a simple right answer to this question. And what we essentially want from secular law is not that it should reinforce our moral decisions or that it should reinforce secular moral decisions, but that it should allow a variety of people to do as their own conscience permits, if you'll excuse me, a religious freedom approach to abortion. It recognizes um, that rarely should we call upon the secular government to regulate an issue of morality. This is particularly so in the area of halacha, where it's very easy to imagine a secular abortion law restricting that which halacha permits, according to many authorities, and not only permits, but frequently recommends. But frequently recommends, which is not quite the same as mandates, but nonetheless recommends. Um, this is an important idea. Maybe what we want from secular law is not halacha and not noachide law, but accommodation. In a famous tshuva, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein wrote to Aguda in 1977 about brain death, which isn't abortion, but it shares many of the cognates because it deals in an area where some people think there's no prohibition of murder and some people think there is. What Rabbi Moshe wrote to Aguda wasn't to seek to codify in New York State halacha, or Noahide law. He instead wrote to Aguda that they should seek to codify accommodation within the laws of the state of New York so that nobody should ever be coerced to do anything that violates their own religious conscience. And we know, by the way, that when you do brain death accommodation, some people use it with a living will to permit what undoubtedly halacha would consider murder which is to cause the death of somebody in a permanent vegetative state who's by no means dead. But yet, <coughs> I think the basic approach that Rabbi Moshe Feinstein adopted in the United States was not to seek to use the secular law to coerce obedience to halacha and not to use the secular law to coerce obedience even to the Noahide law, murder after all is quite prohibited for Jews and non-Jews alike, but sought to recognize that that which made America great, or maybe I'll put it slightly differently, that which made America great for us was the accommodation of religious beliefs running countercultural to the Christian majority in a variety of different areas. Now maybe this has changed, and maybe the construct that we're looking for now is different, and maybe the threats are different. 
All of these things are possibilities. But it strikes me that Rav Moshe's basic practicality, which is that when we ask ourselves what does Jewish law think American abortion law should look like, um, what the halachic tradition doesn't say is we should codify the halacha, and what the halachic tradition doesn't say is we should codify Noahide law. It says instead that what halacha seeks from a free and robust secular legal system is the liberty for us to do as our faith directs. This is true even if in a case like abortion or in a case like end of life, the hard truth is different halachic authorities answer the same question differently. This is true both for end of life and beginning of life. There's no clear uniformity. And Rav Moshe didn't want to codify his rule of halacha because he understood that using secular law as a vehicle to resolve disputes of halacha um, sets a bad precedent. Rabbi Tendler of blessed memory is quoted in the handout in a very astute, important way. Rabbi Tendler notes as follows. It's worth quoting him because he is integral to the Medical Ethics Society at Yeshiva University on the last page. My late father-in-law, the late Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, felt very strongly that allowing government to legislate in any area of morals and ethics gives them a toehold in religion. And if you let them in a bit, the government will begin to expand its role in this area and start legislating what's proper to teach and what is proper to do in a religious context. I want to suggest to you something very hard here and complicated, which is, um, when you ask halacha, what is the halacha of abortion, you invest a lot of hishtadlis, to pick the term, in picking your halachic authority, because different halachic authorities give very different answers. And secular law m might provide a monolithic single answer to this question. And that monolithic single answer to this question might reflect some and not other halachic views. And I don't think we want to let the halachic system um, use the secular legal rules to force people to do things that violate their sense of ethics their se or their sense of morals. And willy-nilly you'll tell me that some people will use this freedom to sin. Hard to believe anybody would ever use freedoms to sin. I can't imagine that. But if you were to imagine somewhere out there there's somebody who's sinful, I would say as follows. We're much better served allowing people to engage in sin that they want to engage in than coercing people to sin against their will. This, by the way, argues that abortion is the hardest case and not the easiest case at all because the central question in abortion is whether the fetus is a person and thus it is being aborted against its will or it's an appendage so that it's merely like a sin that two people voluntarily engage in. I, for example, would diligently oppose a law in the United States that prohibited Jew-Gentile intermarriage. Diligently oppose, protest in the streets, maybe even throw rocks. 
Not because I'm in favor, and I'm not a rock thrower, let me assure you. Not by my temperament or my personality. It's because I don't want government to interfere even to prevent such a terrible sin as intermarriage. I don't want government regulation of religion um, in that way. I don't want the government to be in the business to regulate my sins between me and God. Abortion is at some level the hardest case because exactly the starting question is what is the status of the fetus? And that's what makes abortion so complicated. The intellectual predicate of my view, of course, is, is that there is no technical obligation upon Jews to coerce enforcement of Noahide laws. In a past issue of the Orthodox Forum, I spent nearly 40 pages discussing that problem. You can find the article on YU Torah. If I wanted to punish you, I would read it out loud for you word for word now. But I'm not going to do that. I'll leave that for a different moment. Suffice it to note that other than the Rambam, almost all halachic authorities do not think that Jewish law compels us um, to coerce non-Jews to obey Jewish law. Indeed, most halachic authorities don't even think it's a good deed to encourage non-Jews, a mitzvah, not a mitzvah chiyuvi, even a mitzvah, um, to encourage a non-Jew to obey Noahide law. All they think is, is that you should honestly answer questions when asked. But when not asked, don't tell, to quote a phrase, out of context, totally and completely. Um, of course, lurking in the background of this is my real politics. Are we sometimes afraid of anti-Semitic backlash? I don't know about you, but I'm afraid all the time of anti-Semitic backlash. And it causes me to think very hard before I talk publicly about a matter. It's so much easier to write in the Jewish press than it is in the Wall Street Journal because I know who reads the Jewish press and I'm less afraid of anti-Semitic backlash. Of course, all of us, when we get involved in a public political fray, particularly when we do so representing our people and our community, need to make sure that we're putting forward a position that doesn't generate backlash. And we need to make sure as well that we keep political alliances open and running. One of my critics on my abortion articles wrote to me in private that don't I understand that being anti-abortion is the key to getting evangelical support of Israel. Maybe it's true, and maybe I'm mistaken. It's important to understand that in my view, um, since I treat this not as a halachic determination, but as a political determination, what secular law should look like should be determined by what is in our own political best interests. Um, that provides us the greatest amount of freedom and protects the largest number of Jews, it certainly and unquestionably is political. So I'm hopeful um, that as we reflect on what Halacha says in the next two presentations, we walk away with a clarity of judgment that what Halacha wants from us in our personal life is to be Halachic Jews. But halacha doesn't want, expect, desire, or press us um, to make sure that the secular society that we are part of is halachic, or even that the secular society that we are part of is observant of Noahide law. We should instead seek to craft secular law 
that ensures our own freedom. It is impossible to craft a secular law in the area of abortion that is fully reflective of both the variety of Noahide values and the variety of halachic opinions present. And thus we have to think very hard before we ask the secular government for regulation. We always have to be afraid that we'll get what we ask for. Thank you all very much.